This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. Welcome everybody to the Radio Techers YouTube and Twitch, and it, it just had to be your five round boys making the making the opening uh, contest. Carlos and myself here for five rounds. We have just finished watching UFC 264. Carlos, how excited for that event are you? I'm more excited now than I, I were actually beginning to start. I know it's a shit watching it, but excitement, some of the results. We'll get right into it. Yes, let's. So firstly, we've got the uh, the early prelims and the prelims to go through. Uh, Zaglas Zumagalov uh, picked up the first round uh, submission against Jerome Rivera. Then we had Brad Tavares uh, picking up the victory uh, decision against Omri Akmedov. And then the the last of the the early prelims was Jennifer Meyer getting the decision against Jessica I in a in a fight that left Jessica R with a third R. <laughs> Uh, going, horrible. Like you literally yeah, see a skull. It, you actually really, really could see a skull. That was absolutely disgusting. I got some comments in the chat already, my boy. Uh, it's Ray Cash. Uh, did you watch the the event? Ray, let us know what you thought of it. Um, going into these uh, prelims, we had uh, Trevin Giles uh, losing back KO to uh, Dirk uh, Drickus Duplessis. Um, uh, Ilya Tuperio getting the the comeback uh, knockout against Ryan Hall in a, what can only be described as a, a rolling contest. Yeah, he was doing too many Iminori rolls, trying to get the, the weird takedown from the outside where you're sort of hooking the leg and then sort of you want to roll on the outside so mm-hmm. you can sort of go in between the legs. And yeah, yeah, he, you can tell that Ryan Hall is sort of a, a one trick pony when it comes to mixed martial arts. And I'm not saying that he's. Uh, but you can also see it. why nobody wants to find him. No, yeah, he's dangerous. He's like the he's like the Damian Meyer of the of the lower weight divisions. Uh, he's incredible with the, his technique, his skill, his skilled man with as well. He's um, like I say, it's the uh, Imanari rolls aren't aren't easy to do, and he I think he threw like four or five out just in the first yeah uh, first minute and a half in the first round. So yeah, but didn't work out for him tonight. And then we had uh, Michelle Pereira uh, eking out the decision victory against Nico Pras. And then we ended the prelims with Max Griffin getting the decision against uh, your boy Carlos Condit. Ah, sort of feel bad for him. Like Condit, he's always been one of my favourites ever. Like ever since growing up watching him, mm-hmm. uh, along the lines of Dan Hardy, he had some of the best fights, and he was uh, even though Dan Hardy is one of my all-time greatest fights, that fights is probably if not the all-time greatest. Carlos Condit, he's he's definitely up there. But there's 38 years of age, he's cracking on a bit, and as everyone knows, I don't think it's no secret, mixed martial arts, he's just moving on so fast, mm-hmm. and he's not like a, who were he fighting? Who were he, um, Max Griffin. Max Griffin, fuck yeah, I've gone away, I wanted to call him something else, <laughs> uh, Max Griffin, like, we, we spoke about it whilst we were fighting, it's not like Max, Gri- Max Griffin is younger, he's 35, yeah. but, I like, a year difference yeah, but then I said to you, there's a year difference, but why do, why do you call his conduct look five, ten year older than Max Griffin. Because he's been through 20 wars. Yeah, and that's it, what you reminded me of. I've been watching literally since I was a kid, since I... If you can go back to when he started before the JSB fighting and he got... Before that, when he he was in WEC. Yeah, so I can't... Literally, since I was a kid watching him, watching him since he was in his 20s whilst I was a kid growing up. and So, yeah, he's... Top respect to him, but... 
It's not like he took a lot. It's not like he took a, a hell of a lot of punishment, was it? It's the way he were like the commentator, like Daniel and them, what said with, uh, with how many times he sort of he's, he's fucked his knees up. He, it, when, that's the issue with him. He's yeah. never been the same since he had those uh, uh, Weetabix knees. Well, that's it, and he's not like one of them fighters where he's just he started to get used to check him in that fight. He'd rather just sort of going with the kicks rather than trying to, uh, in a way, well, in a way, trying to absorb him a little bit easier rather than take him on full on impact and cause any any damage. And guys, for yeah, you don't want to be, you want to be walking around with crutches and that lot. For yeah, you don't want to be yeah, doing that. Exactly. It's fucking pain. Uh, we've got uh, uh, Radio Tech's cohort, uh, Mr. Tanner Pruitt in the chat. Hello, hey, Tanner. Um, and for nice? everybody watching along and uh, uh, get your comments in, uh, tell us what you thought about uh, the fights, tell us what you thought about the event. Uh, we'll start with the, the opener. Uh, Walmart's very own uh, version of Conor McGregor, Sean O'Malley, taking on Chris Matinho and... If these two didn't set the the standard for uh, uh, the event, um, then something is truly wrong because this was a cracking part. Um, it, I, I don't think that Sean O'Malley comes out of it looking good at all. Uh, I mean, he, to be fair, he broke the record for the amount of uh, strikes landed by a single person in the fight, but he couldn't finish somebody who this time in June was shifting paint cans around a factory. He couldn't beat this guy. What a chin Chris Martino has. He, uh, he, he comes out of this looking absolutely amazing. Um, just, I've, I mean, I'm not a big uh, Sean O'Malley fan. We, we all know that from the, the times we spoke about him here on, uh, on Five Rounds. But one thing he's good at is those laser accurate shots. I mean, this is a guy who got 80% of 280 shots in that's that's ridiculous numbers, absolutely ridiculous numbers. But I've got to give all props in this fight. I mean, there's no point really breaking it down round by round. I mean, the only kind of significant thing that happened in the first round was the knockdown. Uh, other than that, this was three rounds of Matinho doing the Justin Gaethje special of just going forward, not moving his head, uh, taking shot after shot after shot, but then landing some really good shots of his own. I mean, there were points in the fight where it looked like O'Malley was rocked by this uh, by this kid. Uh, he should, certainly should be getting another fight out of it. Um, but Sean O'Malley, if you cannot finish somebody taking a fight on ten days' notice after they were drinking paint, like not only not a month ago. There, there is holes in your game, sir, and you need to you need to uh, work on them before thinking that you're a big time star. Uh, but he picked up the picture, broke the record for the amount of shots, and um, yeah. Well, what more is it to say? Well, to be honest with you, obviously, like you were saying, he broke the he broke the the record of, of the more shots landed, the highest accuracy set. You've you've got to give him that fair enough. Yeah. All props. His performance was spectacular. It was throwing off double jabs, triple jabs, one twos, hooks when when he wanted, and throwing them clean. It was it was trying to embarrass his opponent. He was trying to show that listen, this is what I'm good at. Why why is he here? Why is he in here with me? But I I applaud him. I don't like Sean O'Malley at the best of times, but I applaud him for at the end of it when he basically stood up and said, that guy's got some bollocks. He's fucking tough. Mm -hmm. Whilst everyone else is ducking me, he, might, he knows he's a loud mouth, but whilst everybody else is not accepting to fight him, which is true, no one's accepting to fight him. Uh, I know he's having all that shit with Aaron, and I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll be hands up, I'll give me fair share of calling him a, a, a bit of a bitch for, for the stuff he's done, but he, he, no one wants to fight him. And this this kid who mm -hmm. I want to fucking... I honestly, after when I've finished this and when I'm going to watch the... The press conference, but you want to watch ours first. Radio Techers, do network, subscribe to YouTube. You don't, you want to do that, I promise you. But yeah, after this, I'm definitely going to go and, and watch some of these, these guys' fights because I don't, did not, don't know where he's come from. I literally know he worked in a paint factory a month ago, a month later, he's fighting on a, a McGregor card, opening a McGregor card. Yeah. You can't ask for, for much more. And the way he was fighting, like you said, he, he, he looked like how um, Justin Gaethje first came in to uh, the UFC. And then as he was working with Trevor Whitman over time, his head movement. Yeah, he, had, he developed head yeah. movement. His striking got a little bit more cleaner. He wasn't just, even though he's that, like this kid, he's got he's got the cardio, he's got that pace, he will he will keep pressuring you forward. 
That's why Sean O'Malley, Sean O'Malley is generally like one of these fighters, Israel and Sandy, Conor McGregor's. They want that space so they can sort of move. Mm-hmm. They want to be the ones pushing you forward. They're going to be the ones controlling the octagon and pushing you up against the cage. This kid didn't let O'Malley do any of that. This kid was in O'Malley's face. Fair enough, he was taking shots. He was in his face the whole round. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, getting getting on to that, this, this kid's got heart. I want to talk about the stoppage from yes. Perdine. When I spoke to my friend, and when I put it on, I put it on my face, this is a bullshit stoppage at this time. And my friend put on, no, he was done. He was going to go out in that last 30 seconds. This is my opinion. I don't think he was. Sean O'Malley had 14, and half, uh, 14 minutes and 30 seconds to finish this man, and he could not finish him. He put him down in the first. He wasn't able to finish him. In the second, he hit him with two knees, clean, flush knees. The knees didn't do anything. Head kicks, three or four clean head kicks. The head kicks didn't do anything. It wasn't going to finish him in that last 30 seconds. If I'm here in front of you with my hands up, but, I'm but, still in that fight where you can't rep stops the car, I'm pissed off. The fact is, he could have finished him in that 30 seconds, but when Herb Dean jumped in to stop it, it wasn't finished. Exactly. Yeah, it wasn't. Um, Chris Martino was still throwing shots back. He was still. Um, I don't want to say actively defending because no, his no, way of defending no, but he was. was though, but this is what I said to me, mate. He was like, he was done it, like he wasn't. And regardless of what whatever happened in that last thirty seconds, his hands were still up here. Yeah, no matter if he was one was here, one was here, one was here. It was it wasn't shots. down here. It wasn't over here. There was up here, and he was going forward. Mm-hmm. To me, as a referee, now I don't know what Herb Dean saw. I don't want to. I don't want to shit on him too much because he's a, he's a legend referee. But since he had that fuck up with with Dan Harder, he's somewhat seemed to come down a bit downhill. The spotlight's got him now. He's a bit more famous. He's not just a referee anymore. He's Herb Dean. He's got a name for himself. He's to me. He's got a. He's he's getting a bit more. He's he's just making a couple of uh, just a couple of mistakes mm-hmm. that yeah. he would have never have done like that far. A lot of people might say I'm wrong because he's like oh he's just saving the fight getting head trauma. That fighter was in there for a reason. We were working in a paint factory a month ago. That This fart changed his fucking life. Mm-hmm. It's changed his life it's, forever. Yeah, it's very likely he'll get a $75,000 win bonus, and he will uh, def- performance bonus from that. Yeah, and he will definitely get a contract out of that. The reason I'm so pissed off about it is because if I was in that... If that, that was literally my dream to fight in, in the UFC. And if, the, if everything did that to me, I wouldn't have been as calm as I would have been fucking raging. The fact is I have my hands up. I was, don't mind if I'm getting smacked in the face. It's what I signed that fucking contract for. I'm getting smacked in. I know the dangers of it. If I put my hands up going forward, I'm, I'm intelligently defending myself. I'm still in that fucking fire. Don't stop the fire. Oh, I'm getting fucking well. Herb Dean, you're a prick for stopping that fire when he did. But yeah, that, that kid has got all heart, honestly. Yeah. Dana White needs to give him a bonus, give him a contract, give him a fucking house, sort his life out, help him out. Yeah, we've got some... Uh... Plenty of comments in the chat. Um, Ray saying some people have just got concrete chins. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But if you are the 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 star that that Sean O'Malley claims that he is, that he's uh, technically unbeaten, um, and you can't beat someone who's coming in off ten days' notice, who's never fought at that level ever before. The, then these questions need to be asked. Well, that's why I'm speaking so highly about this guy who's mm-hmm. coming in and, be, uh, and, and just put, put on a show against O'Malley because I know how good O'Malley is. Fair enough, he might be ranked 23 and he might be low down. He's been in the UFC a long time. There's, a, there's a, also a reason why he's not getting on these big-name fighters. Now, if you've been watching UFC or mixed martial arts for a long time, which I have, you can. You, he's in the UFC. He's on a different... If he was in these regional shows, he'd smash everybody. Yeah. But he's in the UFC, he's on the biggest stage of them all. There's a reason why he's, a he's struggling to get into that top 15. And yeah, fair enough. I just said about people struggling, people not wanting to fight him in 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 where he is now. But that's people around his, his actual category. But if he's fighting like this uh, uh, with a guy who's just come in, who's got relatively no head movement, he didn't really have no knockout power. Where his power comes from, his position, like McGregor's, but when you get up into them um, top 15s, top 10s, top 5s, you will get quickly exposed. Mm-hmm. McGregor, look at how far... It, it only lasts so long. You until you, When you change your game, nothing nothing works. Like, that will go on in the main event. But you always have to keep evolving your game. And if you keep stuck in the mud, you're going to get bypassed so fast by these other fighters, especially like this kid who he's got some work to do. Again, I'm back on him. He's proper impressed, but mm-hmm. he's he's got some work to do with his head movement. And 
throwing his hooks off and actually it's not just following his opponent now, actually cutting them off. But other than that, he's, he's fucking fantastic. Yeah. Um, Matt Jesse in the chat saying, what's up, boys? Good card overall. Let's get O'Malley a title shot. Thanks for the, uh, the, the, the props, Matt, but it's a hard pass for me on O'Malley getting that title shot. It's yeah, a, it's, a it's, long it's three to four fights minimum for me before he gets like there. Say, he's, not even, he's not nowhere near the top. He, he, he needs yet. to at least fight a top 15, then a top 10, then a top five. Well, that's me. it. Well, the, like, his last good performance was against over Eddie Warman when he faked the uppercut and then, and then followed it with a cross. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it's sort of been, it's been in the press and been in the media for, I want to say, you could put it down to the wrong reason. He's a salesman. But, That's yeah, what it is. He's good he's at a, good at selling himself as a, a character. But when you get to the likes of the level of Marlon Vera, the likes of um, Devashvili, for instance, Pedro Munoz, mm. you've selling selling your character is totally different to getting an ass whipping from the levels of those fighters. So I mean, it was good that he called out Rob Font. I thought that was a good, brilliant move. And no, I, I don't I believe that. I don't think it'll happen. I mean, Rob Font's at like four. Rob Font's looking at the 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 winner of uh, um, Jan and Sterling. Sure. Well, see, he could be, but then obviously he called out. What who did he call out? He called out Rob Font. He called out. He DC. said uh, DC uh, Dominic Cruz was ducking him. Uh, obviously the Marlon Vera stuff, uh, but he lost to Marlon Vera. Really, really battle Marlon Vera because I wanted. Well, we're showing O'Malley, like I said. I don't like him because of the way he, he, he sort of talks but doesn't back it up and then all that excuses with the ankle or mentally undefeated. Just chuck all that out. Mm-hmm. What the fuck are you sounding is it? If you were in front of me, I'd call you a moron just for what you just said to me. You're mentally undefeated. What the fuck does that even mean, you're mentally undefeated? You've been beat. Take it on chin. It's an L on your record. So yeah. fucking what? You learn from it. You learn from it. But yeah, that's why I sort of lost a little bit of respect for O'Malley. But with, with him being striking like that, no one can say he's a shit striker. He's He's on point with his with his fucking with his jabs with his right. And as well with him being there's such a long reach as well, you don't see a lot of fighters using that jab a lot. And he used it in this fight effectively, perfectly to his mm-hmm. advantage. And if he can just put a little bit more power behind his shots, get a little bit more muscle behind it, because he's already a big guy for that weight anyway. It's like I said, he's a he's, he's a tall guy, he's a long reach, and he's still got how old is he? Like he's, I'd say twenty odd. I well, think he's twenty three, Sean O'Malley. Yeah, so he's still got growing to do. He's still got he's, he's still got bulking out to do. So there's still plenty of time for him to to get to make his way up into that title shot. But what I just don't want him to fall into that trap of oh I'm another heart train again because that's what got him in the in the shit with Marlon there in the first place. Yeah. Uh, so after that, let's go into the first of three first round finishers: um, Irene Aldana versus uh, Yana Kunitskaya. And this was actually, for the, the four and a half minutes that it went, this was actually a, not a bad fight. Uh, Kunitskaya clearly has kind of learned from uh, her time in the in the UFC, really uh, tried to start pushing the pace, uh, landing axe kicks and uh, and uh, mixing up the, the jabs and the hooks. But she's going up against a boxer. And uh, Aldana threw very little in this fight, but every single shot did damage. The first uh, shot that she threw uh, essentially broke uh, Kunitskaya's face and then she started bleeding all over. Uh, Kunitskaya was still uh, really pushing the press, going for the clinchers, landing knees, uh, and then uh, um, um, Aldana just landed a left hook, which just drops uh, Kunitskaya. Um, Kunitskaya then was... uh, was essentially on on the ground. Um, Aldana was was uh, just um, trying to slip past, control the the legs, land the shots. Um, she she kind of like couldn't kind of did the wrong thing, trying to like uh, turn the wrong way. Ended up being essentially on a side, uh, just taking shot after shot after shot. And referee uh, Jason Herzog with about twenty seconds to go uh, called the fight off. And uh, Irene Aldana, even though she weighed. What four and a half pounds over yeah. uh, in the weighing uh, comes out with the victory. Well, that's it. The, I can say um, Aldana. She, even though she missed weight, she fair enough. It, it, it's a poor do. You're a professional. Mm-hmm. You should like you can't even use COVID as excuse now because everything's somewhat back to normal. You've got the the training facility, the PR. Something must have went wrong. Nothing's always easier. But uh, again, you're a professional and. 
not only that, yeah, but the, she has won as well. So it's an added, I suppose it's a ball effect. She hasn't lost all of them on it. Um, and then obviously, Kluska, uh, Kluska, I can't even say that. Yeah, I'm fucking it up. Oh, John, I'm saying that right. Kuniskaya. Kuniskaya. Oh, I've given them two names up. But Kuniskaya, you can just tell where uh, she just couldn't deal with the, the added weight that her opponent had. With her having to sort of deal with her opponent missing weight by the four, four and a half pounds as it was, and then getting after hydrated. She probably put on an extra five, maybe ten pounds, uh, along with that. So, and you could see it, it in them both when they were saying uh, Coach Jara was trying to be aggressive. We showed that based on the war cries that you that you hear the war mm-hmm. songs, but there, it was that's all it was. It was just war songs. It was doing it was doing nothing. And when you're against a boxer, who's that's their main. They've heard it before. Yeah. yeah. They, they're not they're not scared of it. What they're looking for is for you to throw one of these wild kicks with a hook and then they're going to tag you. That's exactly what uh, Yolanda did. She was able to just set up that hook perfectly. And again, it, boxing style, it's not like she just threw a full like a full body round like you see a lot of mixed martial artists do it. They'll turn their head into it. She just did it traditionally. It was just poof. Yeah. And it was, it, it, it was just a perfect on the button. And that's the pace it. was there, the speed, the accuracy, everything that it needed to to drop uh, Yana. Yeah, certainly. She's one of them fighters that she's scarily good on the feet. And if you can't get in, if you can't get in close to her and pin her up against the fence or put her on her back, you've generally got an odd fight. But we haven't seen fighters do that to her because when we've seen fighters get close to her, They've been cracked. That's how good and how fast her hand speed is and mm-hmm. how, uh, how good her counter boxing is, where they, they generally can't get her up against the cage. Because, And as well, even though she's generally a boxer, she uses her, el- her elbows really well. She's one of the women who's got uh, longer extrevi- uh, extremities, so it makes it easy for her to use her elbows. Like John Bones Jones is where he, he grabs the wrist and he just fucking, he'll just snap an elbow in. She's got the reach for that sort of stuff, so she's, she's brilliant. And then obviously as well, with the Hulk, the reach added extra uh, was perfect because she were able to lean out the way as, as she were able to throw it. So she was able to protect herself whilst catching her opponent. And that that was just game over for that fight. And as soon as, as, soon as you, you could see that land, it, it, it was just over. But you want to go to, I was going to call her Santos as well because I remember Santos' name. Uh, she, she reminded me of fighting too much like, in a way like Santos, did with Bones, you know, like where he was sort of just being aggressive, and then Bones eventually just blew his knees out. He ended up taking into decision, but that's what it seemed like in this fight. His wife was just seeming to be aggressive, just trying to throw kicks, front kicks, and, and just the traditional one two, just to basically try to intimidate her and slow her down. And it just it just didn't work. Her opponent just was patient and just waited for that opening. As soon as that opening came, she just. She struck like I'm a fucking cobra, and, yeah. and that were it. We're game over. Yeah. Um, then came uh, the middle fight, and the fact that uh, <laughs> this were this fight was either going to make our day, yeah. or it was going to ruin us and put us in a bad mood. Well, let me just put it this way: so just to show you what mood we're in, Greg Hardy, I've just got that shows. And hang on a minute, that shows as well, you prick. Um, so we had Greg Hardy versus Tatavasa. Uh, and again, this was a first round finish, uh, and it was just it was glorious. I mean, Greg Hardy started quite aggressive, landed an early jab. Um, he was um, he actually landed quite a few times, and there was a point where we thought the worst was going to come when uh, when he landed the big right, and we saw Tachivasa stagger. Yeah, a little uh, bit nervous, a little, yeah. just a little bit. And then uh, Hardy was was looking like he was ready to to essentially pounce and finish the fight. And then Tatarasa does that big left. It, it lands perfectly on the eye of uh, Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy went down. The eye swelled up before he hit the ground. A couple of uh, follow-up shots, and it was all over. Uh, Tatarasa became the biggest star in the UFC heavyweight division. Drunk at least five, six shoeys, uh, one with hot sauce, one that was poured from the, the crowd at the top of the entrance. 
The guy's an absolute star. Oh, and then one everybody loves him. Customized shoe as well. Yeah. It fucking looked like a proper nice Air Force one as well. And I would, oh, that, that, that hurt my heart. Maybe. Yeah. But brilliant result. Uh, I'm so, so glad. Um, I hope that this is the end of the Greg Hardy experiment. No, I want to, I want to see him one last time just to see him getting knocked out again because that, that, that was too fun. That. It, it, it was so fun. I'm just, I'm glad he got knocked out. I, I hope his orbital bone's fucked. I hope his retina's fucked. And I hope now he knows what he feels like for smacking his fucking wife up the prick. Because now he knows that Tartabas is not the guy to bang with because he'll make you feel like your wife after when you um, smack. Mark Gacy in the chat. Greg Hardy took a nap in there. Lol. And came out to a Spice Girls song. That's well, a man. I mean, that, to be fair, Tartabasa, that was brilliant marketing, though. Uh, because coming out to a Spice Girl song, he got he knew that there were uh, Conor McGregor fans rather than MMA fans in the crowd. Yeah. He knew there were a lot of big stars, a lot of people who maybe don't really watch MMA, but he got every woman in that crowd up dancing. The guy's an absolute star. He's, he's an, an absolute he's star. A, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a natural born entertainer. And, he's and not and smacking somebody's mouth. And then, he's having a fucking shoot. And then his, his post-fight interview with uh, with uh, Joe Rogan. He wants to try and bang yeah. with me. I'm not the, I'm not the correct fella you bang with. Pick somebody else. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, but yeah, I absolutely love that. And then we got uh, the the cool down. And Carlos, this is more in your wheelhouse. So I'll let you go over this one. Gilbert Burns versus Stephen Thompson. Um we get the the um, twenty nine twenty eights across the board for Gilbert Burns, uh, but what did you think of this fight? This fight was very obviously traditional. If you've watched, uh, you've it got actually, a lot of booze. Yeah, it got, it a, got lot a lot of booze. of booze because again, like you just said, there were a lot of Conor McGregor fans, a lot of people who haven't got really a fucking clue of what they're looking at or what they're talking about. And in this fight, if you were to go back to even UFC one, going back to UFC ten, you will see how UFC formed from getting someone who's karate, getting someone mm-hmm. who's a BJJ. Open weight. Putting them, put, yes, exactly. Putting them together. Who's the best? Who's going to win? Who's, who is the best? Who's got I mean, the best fighting style? You're talking about a company that, that had tournaments in one night where some fighters had to fight three, four times a night. Exactly. And people who Gilbert Burns look up to, like Royce Gray said, mm-hmm. he was the one in these tournaments. And that's what it were. You had... Uh, you had the basic, the karate hotter in Stephen Wonderboy uh, Thompson, and obviously representing the karate side. And then you've got Gilbert Burns, who's just the most phenomenal Brazilian jiu-jitsu expert in the UFC to date. Not only mm-hmm. is he still competing in the UFC, he still goes out of his way to compete in Brazilian jiu-jitsu tournaments. Mm-hmm. But whilst in his spare time, I do apologise off the top of my head, but the, the, the basically he's a massive in the the gi and no gi. Uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu tournament and Gilbert Burns not long had a, had a grapple with him and Gilbert Burns actually won that grapple that's how good he is so when we look at this fight you've also got to look at how Wonderboy wants to keep it on the feet doesn't want to go to the ground and how Gilbert Burns doesn't want to stay keep on the feet he wants to go to the, he wants to go to the ground because both of them are world champions multiple time world champions in both their uh, in both of their areas of combat and when you put them two together it's only one thing that's going to happen and with it being modern mixed, uh, mixed martial arts, you had Stephen Thompson, who was trying to defend the, the, the takedown early in the first round by Gilbert Burns, and it was a perfect, uh, it was a perfect game plan. Taking down early, met the stand-up fighter, worry about them takedowns. It helps you open up with your hands, but then you, you can still take him down at any point because then they're worried. Hang on a minute, is he going to come up top? Is he going to go down low? What's he going to do? But Stephen Wonderboy Thompson is still one of them fighters who you've got to look at and go, shit. Even though I've I've put him in this predicament where I've got to go. He's still super fast and accurate reading me. So even if I'm not sharp at going down and going up, I'm taking a fucking, I'm taking a front, uh, a front sagging to the face, and you don't see it going because with traditional karate, it's it's usually fast moving and, and push forward, and that's why you see with Stephen Wonderboy with, with his front kick, he lifted it up to the uh, to the chest and then lifted it up again and went for the head, and that's. That's all what that connected movement is. It's designed for when you're on your back foot like Gilbert Burns, it's designed. That front one is not to generally to touch it, so it's a reacher. Mm-hmm. It's the second one that follows through that yes. gets you while you're moving back. And that's how traditional karate fire, you go back to Leo Machida, um, they're fast, absolutely fast paced. One of the best uh, things I can um, sort of put it into context is when Vita Bell fought 
uh, knocked out basically teetotals, and he would just follow him over the cage. And that's, literally, that's it. That's generally what a, a karate background is. Where Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is a lot more in this day and age, submission, uh, position over submission. And you don't want Stephen Wonderboy Thompson getting back to his feet again. He's dangerous. Yeah, I mean, look at that in the. I think it was in the second round where. He essentially, uh, Gilbert has essentially wrapped himself around one of Stephen uh, Thompson's legs, knowing that the other one was free to try and help stand up. But as long as he kept that that leg stretched out, it, it stopped Stephen from being able to uh, stand up. And it was brilliantly worked by uh, by uh, Gilbert Burns. It was definitely it was a brilliant game plan. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson unfortunately didn't have the the, the time to work what he needed to do for his game plan. So it didn't work for him. But Gilbert Burns had the correct game plan. Everyone was booing him because, again, they didn't know what he was doing. Mm -hmm. You've got to put yourself in his shoes. You've got a, a, you've got a multiple-time karate world champion and your, your fighting uh, style uh, is Brazilian uh, Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, not, but not only that, though, Carlos, it's a, a, um, a fighter that nobody else or very few people are able to understand how good he is. They, they, there is... There's literally fight camps out there dedicated to trying to break down Stephen Thompson's uh, his uh, fighting style, and it and it just doesn't it just doesn't happen. People can't beat That's this it. guy. You can't. There's, there's only certain fighters. You've got Raymond Daniels, who mm -hmm. are, is probably outside of the UFC, even inside the UFC. It's just that altogether, you probably got Raymond Daniels, who's the only one off the top of my head who, who, who knows who, how to break down a student temper. Yeah, who, well, who knows not just not well, not necessarily how to break down, but knows how to imitate him when you're sparring. So knows how to move exactly yeah. like our Wonderboy used to get you prepared mm -hmm. for the fight. So he's one of the fighters who's very hard to prepare for, and you don't know what to expect. So when you're Gilbert Burns, you don't stand the fight with this. Because Gilbert Burns, he took some shots that he didn't like. He got rocked, and he, he knows, hang on a minute, shit, what am I doing? I need to go back to basics. So when he was going in for the double leg, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson was takedown defense, was too good for the double leg. So that's why he had to switch it to the single leg and pull him round and make him walk for it to try and take him off his balance. Because when you've got your legs spread out, there's no fact, I'm using so much energy to try and drag your hips away from that fence. What's the point? Why not just drag your leg up and then just drag it with me? You're, you're on one leg, because even if you don't go off it, I'm going to step in and I'm going to kick that other leg. You're going to go that, that DC did all the time as a smaller person when he used to drag that one leg up and then he used to basically step in and basically just fucking rag him down. And that's all basically Gilbert Burns was doing, bar from the, I think it was the, the third or fourth takedown where he, he basically got him and then spun him around like a, a wrestling takedown in a way. But yeah, Gilbert Burns did the perfect thing where it was just holding him, position over submission, and then working. Because you don't want Stephen Wonderboy Thompson to get back to his feet. No. And especially when you're going on in that first round, in that second round, the third round, you're getting sweaty, you're getting slippery. You can't hold on to someone. It's not as easy as it is. You haven't got that, that, you, you you use that a, friction to hold on with skin to skin when it's dry. Yeah. So you've got to use and more you use a lot. Yeah, you use a lot more strength in, in keeping that position, that's, which could be tiring. Well, that's it. It, it. Imagine if you've let go of the hips for a second or moved the shoulder from his, uh, from uh, Wonderboy esophagus, he's that's going to give him a chance to bridge up and move. Yeah, you don't and, and we saw that in the the length thing that I was I was describing. This uh, Gilbert's giving him a, a fraction of a second, and Thompson was out, and he was up on his on his feet from it. And that's it. And when you go for submissions, what do you generally do when you go for submissions? You have to give up these other things that you're doing. Mm -hmm. So when you're pinning someone down, unless you're going for Stuff like a Kamora arm triangle, you're generally having to lift up off it. Even when you're going for just an arm bar, when you're sort of generally sitting on the chest and manoeuvring, even though Gilbert Burns is that good and he, he could have done it, you're in the UFC fight up there going on verge for another title, even though Kobe's in, in the mix up there for a, another title shot. You don't want to mess your chances up. You don't want to let Wonderboy back to his feet. It was a perfect game plan executed perfectly and everyone who booed him go fuck yourself it was absolutely bullshit it was a game plan that he, that anybody who had a brain in mixed martial arts anybody who was fighting at his level would have done Woodley didn't want to fucking stand and bang where Wonderboy wanted to take it up mm -hmm. everybody who, who fights with Wonderboy does I think there's only one person at the top of my head who's not mine and stand and bang with him and that was Anthony Pettis just because on the level, Anthony Bettis with his taekwondo could probably match him standing-wise. 
other than that, you don't stand with him. Like, you don't go on the ground with Gilbert Burns. He's, you just don't do it. So yeah. that's, it, unfortunately, with a free, with a 15 minutes, um, Wonderboy didn't have the time he needed to work. He only had the second round that really, that, oh no, third round at a push, you could probably say that was his. Other than that, Gilbert was, was taking that fight mm-hmm. all the way, even even coming to the end of the second one when he got that he got that late takedown. Even though he didn't look like much, he, he that's still a little bit of a confidence booster going him into the third, and then also looks good on the judges' scorecard. Like fair enough, wonder why he might have done this damage. We might have hit him with this, or might have kicked him with this, but he still had the strength, he still had the awareness to get that takedown uh, at the end of the round. So that's what the judges are looking for, and. I'm gonna have, obviously I've given him all this praise. Do I think it's enough to warrant him basically overstepping COVID to like everyone saying if they did something spectacular or no. got on a performance, did, did they overstep? Like I agree with you. I don't think he does. After the performance, he he, he doesn't. He's probably gonna to have to fight either Leon or who's gonna be in line. Have to pop up. I would say Leon, because everyone's out there, everyone's counting Leon out, and I don't want to do that myself. He's an English lad and he deserves his fucking like 11 in a row now so if he's no, not going to fight for a there's belt. only really Liam and Colby above him you could say Masvidal but uh, I think Masvidal's going to get um, oh no wait to be honest with you he did say Gilbert that's a good fight but Masvidal said yeah as well but does he mean it though yeah, no. he, he, he said yeah to a couple of people and he hasn't signed the, the contract and I, I don't know if he's waiting for the fight but he also oh, called out. He also called out uh, Nate Diaz. I don't think Nate fights him. The no. for the for the reason Nate, of, Nate is now a money fighter. Yeah, Nate is definitely a money. Nate is getting what he's like 34, 35. He's, he's he wants those million pound fights. Yeah, he's not million looking, dollar fights, sorry. He's not looking for these fights to prove himself or to prove how good he is or or basically move up in ranks. He knows what he's worth. He knows his name. So he knows the name value. He knows that the UFC will give him what he asks for. So he's not going to fight someone like Gilbert. And I'm not saying because it's an easy fight for him. It's not. It's a fucking well-hard fight for him. That's the reason he wouldn't take it. Because there's no point in him going, yeah, I'll do all this training camp. I'll get my body prepared. I'll do. I'll basically get prepared for us. When you prepare for Gilbert Burns, you don't know what you're going to do. His stand-up games come come on that much in the last couple of years. You don't know if he's going to throw a couple of takedowns. Like you don't know if he's going to try and, and, and stand up with you. So you don't, you've got to get trained for everything. And Nate, he's getting to that age. And, and like you say, he's, he's, a, he's still a fighter, but he's at that business point where he doesn't have to fight people like Bill mm-hmm. He can say, I, what happened at main event when, when everything sorted out. Yeah, he, sort out. He, he'll dance between divisions yeah. to, to pick up, to get fights that make him a million dollars plus a per fight. So, well, yeah, yeah, I don't think, fight, I, I think it's more likely that it's going to be Leon Edwards. I'd, I'd say so. I'd, talk, I'd say I'd talk, I'd hope it's Leon Edwards just because he, he deserves mm-hmm. Unless they're using, unless they've said to Leon behind the scenes, listen, keep ready just in case anything happens to Kobe or Usman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. Other than that, if he, if he doesn't fight Leon, that's, in fact, I'm going to probably say it here now, if he doesn't fight Leon, that's actually probably what's actually happened. Because Leon's been quiet for the last couple of weeks on his, all of his social media, even on his personal stuff. So that's how I reckon he's been told that, but mm-hmm. I, won't, okay, I won't say any more on that. Yeah. But yeah, I reckon he, he Gilbert either farts, either gets offered Masvidal, or he might even get offered someone uh, someone lower down who's moving up in the ranks. Because again, it's not like that title's on the card for him. Mm-hmm, exactly. So let's get into uh, the fact that everybody, or ninety-nine percent of people who were watching this card, uh, were, was looking for Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor three. Um, yeah, first round finish. Dustin Poirier takes the victory. Um, <laughs> Tanner, before we get to it, Tanner in that chat. Uh, Carlos, do you have a spare set of ankles in that filing cabinet for Mister McGregor? Um, Let's get to it. Uh, so basically, in the pre-fight, um, um, Connor has been very, very aggressive uh, with uh, with his attitude towards Dustin. But he did comment about how uh, going for the the tap outs and going for the leg kicks, his pussy moves. What did Connor do mainly in this fight? He threw lots and lots of leg kicks. And then when uh, when uh, uh, Poirier kind of like fought his way through and was landing uh, 
good clean shots and then got the takedown. Connor went for the subs. He actually went for the guillotine a couple of times, uh, but he just wasn't able to get it, get that guillotine cinched in enough. And then every time that Poirier broke away, he was landing huge, huge shots. I've got to give props to McGregor as well. Those elbows from the bottom looked absolutely vicious. Uh, but that just seemed to wind Poirier up a little bit more. Poshes up and, and elbows with uh, with uh, oh, yeah elbows uh, McGregor's face into the floor. Um, McGregor was cut. There's a, there's one where I think he's cut like literally the inside of his ear off. Um, landing up kicks uh, when uh, Poirier was trying to kind of like break away, maybe land some bigger shots. Uh, Poirier went back in, uh, landed more elbows. Uh, this was just a beatdown on Conor McGregor for uh, some periods, but I've, I've got to give it to him. He didn't. He didn't sit back and give up. He did try and still get the guillotine. He did try and get the the headlocks. I've, I've seen talk of it being a a ten eight round. I don't believe it was a ten eight round. I think that Conor did uh, plenty of good work on his own. Those leg kicks at yeah. the beginning were brutal. But it does finally get to the ground with a uh, with a uh, about thirty forty seconds to go um, and. Both guys go to land shots. Uh, Connor gets his foot in a little bit wrong. Uh, he ends up actually uh, in the replay snapping his his uh, his uh, fibula and tibia just above the ankle. We we all thought because we were watching live, we thought it was uh, he got dropped by a, a Poirier shot. But in the slow mo, it, it it shows that both shots missed. Uh, but when Connor goes down, uh, Poirier does come and land some some big big shots. Uh, we were all thinking Herb Dean's going to do a Herb Dean here and stop this fight, but it does end up going to the, the end of the round, obviously, with a broken leg slash ankle. The fight can't continue, and uh, Dustin Poirier gets the, the TKO via leg injury. Connor was massively, massively arguing for it to be a, a, a doctor stoppage, and <sighs> Connor is just so frustrating because... He's been in the last few fights, well, the last fight, certainly, the fight against Donald Cerrone, he was a really, he was humble. He was um, he was calm. He was collected. In this fight, he, I mean, he threatened to beat, yeah, he threatened to beat Dustin Poirier up outside the, the this, stadium. This, this is how bad it is. This way, that if he was saying that stuff to me, and if he said that about my wife, broken ankle or not, I would have ran over to the motherfucker, yeah. stamped on the ankle, and then stamped on the other fucking ankle. Just to fucking shut in the... Just his yeah, comments yeah. afterwards, the Poirier's comments. Now, McGregor, I absolutely love him, but his personality-wise, like, with some of the stuff he does and he's fighting, like you said, you got to give it to him. He was fighting his heart out. Dustin's clearly the better fighter. And when it came to shit like that, like, there's, there's trash talking, there's fucking... There's promoting the fight, there's all well and truly good, but fuck me. Like, I'm sure all the... Like, the cameras have to come off and I'm sure we're calling Jolie a whore and shit like mm-hmm. that. And, I'm, and he's like, what the fuck, like... If, if I were in this position, he said that about my wife, my foot would be getting drilled through your fucking face. It wouldn't, it, 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 I wouldn't be caring if them security guys all like, I ain't no champion. I've just spent my money on beating your ass twice. You know what I mean? Like, I've, that, the and first part of me in my head is, I've been running my foot through your fucking headbars on the canvas. Uh, Matt Willis in the chat, what is your opinion of Poirier calling McGregor a dirtbag post fight? He wasn't, to be fair. Remember, uh, he was pulling down on his gloves to kick someone in the face. If I was in sparring and someone did that to me, well, it'd be a real fight. But then if I were in a real fight and the referee didn't give it, then if the referee tried to stop the fight, that fight would continue. It wouldn't, mm-hmm. be, it wouldn't be going to a break. It'd be that fight just be stopped continuously. Like, I wouldn't stop fighting. It'd be like, you want to be a dirty cunt, we'll just have a proper fight. No rules in a, in a fight like that. And that's, like, like uh, Khabib said, when McGregor were doing stuff uh, in their fight what were a bit dirty, he just punched him in the face and made him pay for it a little mm-hmm. bit more. That's what Dustin sort of did. He just so... broke his ankle this time. So the the question coming out of this, uh, obviously we haven't had a chance to watch the the post fight yet, and I can't wait to watch it. Um, the question is, is this it for Connor? I don't think it is. Like well, I know with the ankle and that lot, with and now where where he's broke as well, the tibia, like if the the way the the easiest way of showing is probably with wrist, as we can see the wrist moving back and forth. That's somewhat like the the foot is. And where is he sort of snapped? To me, it doesn't look like he's actually the bone. What it looks like, it looks like the joint of the actual where the the foot, uh, the foot and the actual tibia and fibia actually meet. And that looks like what's come apart. Because when mm-hmm. his foot's there, it's just wobbling at that bit. Yeah. And the reason it looks like it's further up because your ankle only stopped far down, and it was a little bit further up. 
before it connects on. Nothing really looked broke because he would have been in a lot more pain than he were in. But he were only like sort of, he were only sort of like shouting. So I don't think he's, I don't think he's broke both of the bones. Like they, they put it in a, they put it in like a, um, a stilt straight away. Uh, but again, I don't think it's massively damaged. And if, with the money he's got, he's not gonna, he's recovering that lot. And all the, if he needs to go through surgery, it's gonna cost him nothing. Especially if he comes back home, we've got NHS, so it wasn't we don't have to pay for no medical bills. So. Um... <laughs> So Dana has said that um, he feels bad for Dustin because uh, after that dominant first round, all the all the talk of the fight is that it was the the, the dog stoppage that finished the fight. He says that Dustin gets the the shot against Charles Oliveira, but uh, when Connor is is fit, we get uh, McGregor versus Poirier for. See. And also Habib tweeted, "Good always defeats evil." It, it, it's true. It, it, it's true. Like fair, I, like I said, I, McGregor is a good guy. He he can sell snow to a fucking Eskimo. He packed that arena out just from talking shit. And uh, good on him. He just made money. And Dusty Party, he didn't give a shit because he knew he just made bank. Dusty Party started giving a shit after the fight when he carried it on calling his wife and stuff like that. What McGregor should have done is just been, he's just been the good old McGregor. You can still be a swap. But why were you humble then? Why, why was he not just humble, a bit respectful, going, right, fair enough, I broke my fucking ankle. You didn't beat me, I broke my ankle. We'll, we'll do it again. He didn't have to, like, call his wife a whore and all that sort of stuff. And, yeah, you, you can just, yeah, his personality came out in that thing at the end of that fight. And he's going to definitely, in this day and age, he's going to get a lot more fans for it because people are pricks. Oh, he's, he's one of them. He's... It's just the way it is. Yeah. He's going to get a hell of a lot more fans. It's going to get a lot more publicity. Fuck me, you've got that knobhead, Stephen, whatever he's called. That guy has no no reason to be near an MMA <sighs> fucking event. And you've got him just because McGregor's fight. McGregor brings ass to the sport. He brings people speaking about it. And win, lose, or draw, he will still be, at the end of the day, the biggest draw yeah. in mixed martial yeah, arts. Absolutely. That's why I say this is not an, an end to his career because it doesn't matter what this guy does. Like I said to you earlier... He can have eight losses in a row. Dana White will still put him. He won't treat him, he won't treat him like um, like he would with a BJ Penn and stuff like that. Because again, Conor McGregor is still a draw. Yeah. He can bring people just because just from say just from acting the way you were. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna sleep the little rat. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. Nothing really looked different in his in in the fight that he was doing. Fair enough. He cracked Poirier a little bit cleaner with that left hand. But like Poirier said. Stung him a bit, didn't do nothing to him. So again, like I explained to you, in that heavy, in the heavy, the heavier divisions, when Poirier is allowed to rehydrate, you can absorb this punishment. You've got to be more on point to hurt him. And then once McGregor, we all know McGregor's fucking not famous for his cardio, and he he got took down in the first round. Gary Dante, the second round he would have got took down. And then if he didn't get finished, he would have got probably finished with a submission. Yeah. So that, guys, is UFC 264 in the books. It's also the debut of five rounds on Radio Techers in the books. We uh, we appreciate everybody who has watched along. And if you are listening on on audio, um, we appreciate you uh, as well. We will be back next week with uh, UFC Fight Night Makachev versus Moises, which has the return of Misha Tate. Uh, And then the, the... Fighter that all the lightweights are scared of, Islam Makachev taking on Tiago Moses. Um, so yeah, tune into Radio Techers uh, for that one. And uh, if you are listening on audio, you can find this on uh, the Radio Techers uh, uh, podcast feed, or still on Visionaries Global Media, or still on the Chair Shot. Um, just before we go, I want to give a, a, a lot of shout out to the guys over at uh, Shooting the Sports Ish. They uh, supported us all the way through this in five rounds. And Radio Techers leaves there with absolutely no animosity. Still lots of love for our guys over there. Uh, but uh, thank you for starting this journey with us uh, at Radio Techers. We hope to uh, to bring you uh, plenty of quality content over, the, over the, the, the next few weeks and years. And keep your eyes out for more from five rounds, more from Radio Techers. More from the the team involved. Uh, we're gonna be working hard to bring you the very very best uh, in content. But that is all from me, uh, Carlos. Want to say goodbye? I do indeed. Before I do say goodbye, obviously, like you say, I want to say the thank you to the networks that we've been on, the student sportsist, 
really done as well. Um, we are now, like I said, uh, Radio Tech, because that's a new network. Go subscribe on the YouTube channel. We now, the Five Rounds Facebook page is now sort of turned into the network for the radio techers. So go and follow, like, share that uh, as well. Because all the and content, the Twitch. Uh, and the Twitch, uh, because all the content will be going on there as well when it goes live. So not just the Five Rounds, so you can get all your juicy um, sports and needs from anywhere from mixed martial arts to wrestling to even F1 racing and more along the way. So keep following us. And just before again, I do say goodbye. I'd like to give a, a good shout out to a couple of people who's agreed to sort of help us out and try and get us out a lot more and help us by sponsoring us with the show. I'd like to shout out Project North, who's a company in the northwest of England. They're doing a really, really, really good um, project that I am fully behind. Uh, it's a lad called Aiden. Project North is his own company. I'll put a lot more of a story on the thing. I can't wait to tell it. It's a brilliant story. I'm just working everything out with him. But just give you a little bit of backstory. He helped me so much with um, when we had a little family issue. So this is just something for him to get back out. So it's a clothing network for fashionable clothes. So please go and check him out on Facebook and Instagram, Project North. And then I'd like to give it also another a shout out to... Um, Blackout Graphics in Burnley, who's done me personally for my little daughter, a geek with our Black Knights logo on it. So that's perfect. So if you've got anything that you need, any graphic design work, any print work, um, posters, anything like that, again, Facebook, Instagram, get in touch with them, go give them a follow. Go give us a follow on Instagram, get us up there, and we are out. Adios, amigos. Enjoy the first episode. Big time. Time finish. Hit it.